It's not a Democrat bill. It's not a Republican bill. It's definitely not a green bill. This is a red, white, and blue bill. It's great for America. Actually, it is a Democratic bill. It is a green bill, but it is good for America. Joe Manchin and I agree on that. Not much else. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I am. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon, on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN. They're voting again in Ohio soon. In Palinville, New York on WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites. Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from Bradblog.com. Thank you for uh, joining us today. We've got some uh, breaking news just moments ago here. A uh, CIA drone strike, according to AP, has killed al-Qaeda leader uh, Ayman al-Zawahiri in Afghanistan. That, according to five people familiar with the matter. White House officials declined to confirm that al-Zawahiri was uh, killed, but noted in a statement that the U.S. conducted a, quote, successful counterterrorism operation against a significant al-Qaeda target, adding, quote, there were no civilian casualties. Don't have much more than that at this uh, hour. This literally broke minutes ago. President Joe Biden is expected to discuss further details of the operation um, on uh, on Monday night, 7.30 p.m., in an address to the nation. And speaking of Joe Biden, as you know, uh, if you're a longtime listener to the broadcast, we do not do predictions on this show. Uh, at least I don't. Uh, we generally leave that up to the cable news geniuses or maybe Desi Doyen occasionally if she wants to make a prediction. <laughs> uh, don't, don't you uh, every now and again? Every now and again. Yeah. Not very often. We do, however, hi, Des, uh, we do, however, offer warnings on this show. For example, while we didn't predict that Donald Trump would win the presidency in 2016, when pretty much everyone else was laughing off the idea entirely and preparing for a Hillary Clinton presidency, we did warn in no uncertain terms over and over again, repeatedly over many months that, yes, Donald Trump absolutely could 
win the 2016 election, while everyone else was telling you that it would just never happen. We didn't predict it, but we warned. Similarly, though, on a hopefully much smaller scale, hopefully, we warned last week on this show after President Biden declared that he had tested negative for COVID after a five-day course of the antiviral drug Paxlovid, a drug made by Pfizer and has led to a great decrease in hospitalization for those who take it when they uh, get symptoms of COVID-19, uh, we warned that Joe Biden might get a second round of covid as has been the case for many since that uh, Paxlovid drug was first approved for use by the CDC. And what do you know, over the weekend, sure enough, President Biden tested positive for COVID-19 again on Saturday, slightly more than three days after he was cleared to exit coronavirus isolation. The White House said in a rare case of, quote, rebound following treatment with an antiviral drug. Well, newsflash, it ain't that rare. Now, I'm not an epidemiologist or a virologist, uh, but if I knew enough to warn about that possible rebound last week, well, it ain't all that rare. And how did I know this so that I could warn about it? Well, because I read stuff, including studies about these drugs that, along with vaccines and boosters, greatly improve the chances of you not dying or being hospitalized due to COVID, despite what those who have been duped about the life-saving vaccines and treatment uh, treatments love to disinform you about, largely for political reasons, whether they know it or not. Back in May, the CDC had warned doctors that reinfections for some patients who use Paxlovid had been reported to occur within two to eight days after initial uh, after initially testing negative for the virus after using this antiviral drug. The CDC said at the time, quote, limited information currently available from case reports suggests that persons treated with Paxlovid who experienced COVID-19 rebound have had mild illness. There are no reports of severe disease. So you might get it again, but hopefully it won't kill you. Despite the rebound risk, Paxlovid has been proven to significantly reduce severe disease and death among those most vulnerable to COVID-19. For example, the 79-year-old president. Now, Biden is fully vaccinated. He got two doses of vaccine, uh, the Pfizer uh, vaccine, shortly before taking office. He got two booster shots, one in September of last year, an additional one in March of this year. White House COVID-19 coordinator Dr. Ashish Jha told reporters on Monday that uh, data, quote, suggests that between 5 and 8 percent of people have, in fact, uh, got rebounded with COVID after the Paxlovid treatment. While patients who have recovered from early variants of COVID-19 have tended to have uh, high levels of immunity to future infection for about 90 days, Ja said that the BA5 variant that infected Biden has proven to be more immune evasive, which is just one reason that cases, yes, have been rising again in recent weeks. Dr. Ja said, quote, we have seen lots of people get reinfected within 90 days of a previous infection, adding that officials don't yet have data on how long those who have recovered from the BA5 strain might have protection from reinfection. In any event, 
White House physician Kevin O'Connor said in a letter over the weekend that President Biden, quote, has experienced no reemergence of uh, of symptoms and he continues to feel quite well. He added there's no reason to reinitiate the uh, antiviral treatment at this time, though, in accordance with uh, the CDC uh, guidelines, Biden reentered isolation for at least five days at the White House. Hello, my where name he is... will where he will uh, uh, isolate until he tests negative again. So uh, there was also an update from O'Connor on Sunday, said the president continues to feel quite well, but had unsparingly continued to test. I'm sorry, <laughs> unsurprisingly. Also unsparingly, but unsurprisingly, continued to test positive for COVID-19 as of Sunday morning. Apparently, he's feeling well enough, however, that he will be giving a speech concerning this successful operation, as they characterize the White House characterizes it uh, in Afghanistan over the weekend. He will be giving uh, remarks to the nation about that, apparently uh, from some location, a balcony or something that is uh, in isolation. Yeah, that's good. Well, it does... Biden's reinfection just reminds us that, yes, COVID is still out there and COVID is still infecting people and it is still killing people. What? Something like 300 to 400 people on average per day Uh, in America. I thought it was over. I thought the pandemic was over. Everything was fine. It is not over. So make sure you protect yourself and you protect your loved ones by getting vaccinated and boosted. That's if that, you know, if that's something that matters to you. (laughs) It's a good idea. You know, as we see with especially elderly patients, it is preventing them from uh, having severe consequences, hospitalization. Or death. There's Desi Doyen, always saying smart things. Just Thank reminding you very you, much. And by the way, I do hope to open the phones in a little bit to discuss a whole bunch of stuff. If you have any interest in ringing in on this issue or anything else that I hope to hit today, our number is and will be, if you'd like to write it down, 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735, if you would like to uh, line up early. Another round of storms uh, hit flooded Appalachian Mountain communities, where more than 30 people have so far been confirmed to have been killed. Uh, And search and rescue teams found more bodies on Monday. Hundreds of people remain unaccounted for, and the official death toll in Kentucky reached 35 as of Monday afternoon. That will rise, according to the governor, uh, Kentucky's governor, Andy Bashir, who warned last week that the death toll was likely to reach into the double digits. Sadly, he has been right. He noted on Monday that bodies which aren't yet part of the official death count have been recovered. More than 12,000 customers remain without power in uh, mostly in eastern Kentucky, uh, many because their homes and businesses were destroyed or they are not fit for uh, habitation. Shelters were still housing hundreds of people in the bluegrass state. The floods were unleashed last week when between eight and ten and a half inches of rain fell in just 48 hours in parts of eastern Kentucky and in southern West Virginia. Oh, hi, Joe Manchin. And in western Virginia. Radar indicated up to four more inches of rain fell on Sunday as part of a storm system that first dumped as much as an unprecedented 12 inches of rain in parts of St. Louis, Missouri. The National Weather Service warned that the slow-moving showers and thunderstorms could uh, uh, provoke more flash flooding at least through Tuesday morning. There are more severe thunderstorms on tap 
for the rest of this week, including in Kentucky and other already hard-hit communities as the threat of more flooding will encompass now large portions of Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia, Virginia, and North Carolina, among others. And as if that's not bad enough... It's also going to get very, very hot again this week from the Dakotas to the East Coast, from Minneapolis to Chicago to D.C., New York, Boston, as our climate emergency summer continues. President Biden declared a federal disaster last week to uh, uh, send uh, relief money to flooded counties, and he sent uh, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, Uh, Officials there to coordinate directly in the recovery. Last week's flooding extended to West Virginia, where Republican Governor Jim Justice declared a state of emergency for six southern counties and to Virginia, where their Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin also made an emergency declaration that enabled officials to mobilize resources. Uh, We're going to talk momentarily about West Virginia's Democratic Senator Joe Manchin and the surprise deal that he made last week. With Democratic Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, which very much has to do with these uh, climate emergencies I'm talking about. And that is, of course, what I would really love to hear from you about in a little bit at 818-985-KPFK. As to what you think of that deal, whether you think it will or should pass, uh, as Schumer has vowed to bring it to a vote this week, Presuming all 50 Democratic senators can not have COVID at one time. And whether it may change the outlook for this November's critical midterm general elections for the Democrats. Uh, Those elections, that general election is just under 100 days away now. On that front, voters in six states are heading to the polls on Tuesday in Ohio, Arizona, Kansas, Michigan, Missouri and Washington state. And there's a lot of crazy contests among the ones we will be keeping our eyes on, uh, along with whether voters have any problems actually casting their vote and whether there are any reported problems in counting those votes. Uh, The contest for the nominations on both the Republican and Democratic side to fill the seat of retiring Republican U.S. Senator Roy Blunt in my old home state of Missouri. That is going to get a lot of attention Scandal-plagued, resigned in disgrace, former Missouri's uh, 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 former Republican governor, Eric Greitens, and a whole bunch of other really crazy people on the right, uh, including that McCloskey guy. Remember McCloskey? Uh, he, He made famous for standing in front of his mansion a few years ago with his wife as both of them pointed their guns and threatened peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters. Well, McCloskey is on the same ballot. He's also running for uh, this uh, U.S. Senate nomination on the Republican side. He's hoping to extend his 15 minutes of infamy. Voters will, in fact, choose between 21 Republican candidates running for U.S. Senate and 11 Democrats uh, in Tuesday's uh, Senate primaries in Missouri. The state's U.S. Senate primary candidates have raised a total of more than $23 million. They've spent $18 million on their campaigns so far. $18 million for primary elections. Several polling locations in uh, the St. Louis metro area are closed on Tuesday thanks to the damage from last week's record flash flooding. 
Uh, ironically, of course, there are a whole bunch of fossil fuel supported climate crisis deniers on that Tuesday ballot in Missouri and elsewhere. Luckily, by the way, since St. Louis County, which saw the worst of the rain, now allows all voters to vote on a handmarked paper ballot at any polling place. Thanks to print-on-demand printers at each polling site, so uh, voters can vote uh, at any of those locations in the county, hopefully alleviating at least some of the problems with the uh, closed polling places due to the uh, due to the rains last week. Next door in Kansas, state voters will be the first in the nation to vote on abortion. Since uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned in June, voters there could clear the way for the Republican-controlled legislature to further restrict or ban abortion entirely in Kansas. If they approve a uh, proposed state constitutional change, that state constitution is currently protecting the freedom to choose in Kansas. But apparently Republicans in the state are against freedom. Uh, this is the first referendum vote on abortion policy by a state since the corrupt U.S. Supreme Court took away that previously constitutionally protected right. In Michigan, where five of the 10 candidates seeking the Republican nomination uh, for governor to run against Michigan's Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer were uh, recently disqualified from the ballot, as we discussed several times on the broadcast, five out of the 10 candidates uh, were tossed, including two of the previous frontrunners, because why? Well, they committed election fraud. They turned in tens of thousands of fraudulent uh, nominating petition signatures. One of the remaining candidates, one of the five remaining candidates for that nomination on the Republican side who uh, who did qualify for the ballot, well, he was charged in the January 6, 2021 Trump incited insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Yet he's running for governor now in Michigan, Arizona, which uh, Joe Biden narrowly won in 2020. That's also a top target for former President Donald Trump. He tried in vain to uh, try and, and, and steal that state by forcing a reversal of his uh, of his defeat there. He has endorsed a slate of candidates up and down the ballot in Arizona who have promoted his false claims of a stolen election. He's also mounting an attack on the state's Republican House Speaker, rock-ribbed Republican Rusty Bowers. Uh, he's His name may sound familiar to you. He's in, in a fight for his life, really, for his political life in a state Senate primary, which he's expected to lose on Tuesday. Why? Well, he had the temerity to tell the truth about Donald Trump's requests, repeated requests, to him to help him steal the 2020 presidential race uh, and Bowers, you may recall, testified to that fact under oath before the uh, House January 6th committee in a public hearing a few weeks ago. The Republican primary for secretary of state in Arizona includes Trump backed <laughs> legislator Mark Fincham. A uh, state rep who worked to overturn the uh, 2020 loss to, yes, steal it for Donald Trump. But he's hardly the only election denier on the ballot on Tuesday in Arizona and in a whole bunch of other states. Trump has also been zeroing in on 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach him over the January 6th insurrection, which he incited. 
Three of them uh, happen to be on the ballot on Tuesday in Washington State and Michigan. Also, Ohio is holding a primary for state legislative races on Tuesday. Uh, th- <clears throat> excuse me, three months after its uh, statewide and congressional contests were already held, a split system that has resulted from legal wrangling over redistricting as Republicans bullied their way into using gerrymandered maps found to have been unlawful violations of the uh, state's constitution at least three different times by the state's Republican majority Supreme Court. Nonetheless, Republicans no longer seem to care about constitutional law and order, so this is what we have. There is much more we'll try to get to uh, as, as the week continues, but if you live in one of those six states, please get out there and vote. We will, of course, have any noteworthy available results from Tuesday's six state primary races uh, on Wednesday's broadcast. Uh, where are we here? Uh, but November, uh, the uh, general election frankly, could be won or lost for Democrats this week, this week, back in the U.S. Senate, depending on how things play out in what could be a very bumpy next few days. Um, As you know by now, D.C. was stunned last Wednesday night when Democratic Senator Senate Majority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer announced a deal after weeks of secret negotiation with West Virginia coal baron Senator Joe Manchin. He had previously stymied every single one of the Democrats' attempts to pass a massive progressive landmark piece of legislation previously known as the Build Back Better Act. And on this... Even I was wrong. See, this is why you never make predictions, Desi Doyle. Remember <laughs> okay. I said Joe Manchin will never, ever pass a bill uh, that actually uh, decreases uh, emissions, helps the climate. Yeah, anything yeah. that reduces <clears throat> fossil fuels from which he makes a lot of his personal profits. Yes, you were you were skeptical that he would ever go along that. he would that. ever. I was more than skeptical. I said he would never do it. Now, theoretically, it's not a done deal yet, at least until it's signed by the president. So, uh, you know, in fact, there's no way to know at this hour whether Joe Manchin will actually vote for it himself. Um, But Manchin at least seems to be serious this time. And this scaled down bill now called the Inflation Reduction Act to help placate Manchin uh, still seems to be a very, very good one in most respects. It actually even includes, as I understand it, more money for uh, climate, some $369 billion for climate. That's more money than was in the Build Back Better bill uh, last year. And a key difference, the Build Back Better, well, the infrastructure bill. That, now uh, called last infrastructure, year, yes, right? That um, was not paid for. It was basically new spending, whereas this bill, the Inf- Inflation Reduction Act, is offset with increases in taxes on corporations and wealthy individuals <clears throat> making over $400,000. If that's uh, if that sort of thing is important to you. Let's run through some of the top line items in this bill. Uh, and then I want to get to some of your calls on it because I haven't had time to open up the, the phone lines to talk to you about this until today. 818-985-KPFK. That's 818-985-5735. Uh, In no particular order here, among the provisions, including uh, in what, frankly, is still a landmark, now 725-page spending bill that can be passed with only Democratic votes in the Senate if, if, it's a big if, if all of them vote in favor of it and if all of them 
do not have COVID at the same time so they can show up and all 50 of them can vote. So what's in this bill? Well, Medicare can finally begin to negotiate prescription drug prices. Finally, that's expected to save billions for taxpayers that can uh, then be used to do stuff like put a $2,000 out-of-pocket annual cap on prescription drugs for seniors. I know that's important to a lot of seniors who are worried that they're going to have to, who, well, who can't afford as is all of their uh, prescription drugs. So now that'll be capped at $2,000. Uh, and they will expand, this bill will expand additional subsidies for those who get their health insurance via the Obamacare exchanges for another three years. That's the expansion that helped lower costs on those exchanges during the worst of the pandemic. It was passed last year with only Democratic votes in the American Rescue Plan. So this would extend that extension for another three years, uh, if it passes, of course, that negotiation by Medicare for prescription drug prices has been called for by progressives for years and years. And guess what? We may finally now get to see it happen. We should be celebrating this measure as I see it, if it passes, if that was the only thing that Medicare related stuff, that healthcare related stuff was the only thing to be passed this year. Capping prescription drug prices for seniors. Uh, I'd love to see it go further, but uh, there's that. There's the expansion of the subsidies for the uh, ACA exchanges. Uh, as anyone on one of those plans will likely tell you, that is a godsend to millions of Americans making monthly premiums incredibly affordable for most and in many cases all but free. Another major provision, huge companies. Uh, that make billions of dollars or at least make more than one billion uh, in profit, in profit, they will now have to pay a minimum of 15 percent tax. Now, 15 percent is uh, small potatoes, but it's a lot better than zero percent, which is what so many of them have been paying for years, even though they make billions of dollars, not in revenue, but in profits. So gone will be the days when uh, companies like Amazon and uh, AT&T and GE and ExxonMobil, et cetera, will, will pay zero in taxes thanks to loopholes that had protected them from even paying the tiny 21% annual corporate tax rate. This policy, loosely based on Elizabeth Warren's 2020 campaign promise to tax these huge corporations, finally, Joe Biden has been pushing for this from the start of his presidency. Uh, he, he got uh, most of the developed Western world to agree to do it in their countries as well. So it'll be make it more difficult for these huge corporations to hide their profits overseas in other countries. Uh, and on its own, if this was the only thing in this bill, it would be a huge legislative victory for Democrats and the Biden administration if, of course, they pass it. About $80 billion will... Um, be uh, brought in from that new minimum tax will be used to improve the IRS policing of tax cheats. That, in turn, is likely to return hundreds of billions of more dollars in otherwise lost taxes owed by Americans uh, than even the mo most conservative estimates from the Congressional Budget Office. That alone, again, would be worth celebrating. 
And it should be noted in both of these tax related policies, as uh, Desi Doyen referred to there, there will be no new taxes on either individuals or companies making less than $400,000 a year. Now, you and I might argue that it should be uh, raised for individuals and companies who make that, that taxes should be raised if individuals or companies make that much money a year, $400,000. But the point is, Joe Biden has made that promise that he wouldn't raise uh, taxes or add new taxes for those making more than, uh, I'm sorry, making less than 400000 He made that promise during his campaign, again, during his presidency, and he is keeping it here no matter how Republicans are already trying to scam their groomed followers on Fox News trying to tell them that Joe Biden and the Democrats are raising your taxes. And I said that they were going to do this last week. And sure enough, like clockwork, that's what they're doing. Well, they're very predictable about uh, that kind they, of thing. Uh, but, uh, not just predictable, but outrageous that they would just blatantly lie so clearly about this. <laughs> true, true. Uh, here's one, just one example. Texas Republican senator and Senate minority whip. So I guess he's the number two in the U.S. Senate on the Republican side. John Cornyn, he tweeted uh, the, this following lie to his followers this morning. Quote, after dodging it for two plus years, I've tested positive for COVID-19. I'm fully vaccinated and boosted and doing fine. Well, that that's good. I'm happy to hear he's doing fine. Happy about that part. Then he adds, while quarantining, I'll continue to fight Chuck Schumer and Joe Manchin's massive tax increase on working families. Are you kidding me, man? Massive tax increase on working families? Do you think your followers are dumb enough to buy that? Well, maybe that question answers itself. But there you go. There is no massive tax increase on working families. That's an out-and-out -out lie from the number two Senate Republican. Emphasis on number two. Anyway... Don't be fooled by these liars. And, and please, you know, uh, share this information, understand this information, uh, share it with your friends and your family and co-workers when they repeat that lie, because they're good at repeating the lie. Uh, progressives and Democrats are not so good at repeating the truth. Help them out, will you? And, of course, uh, perhaps of the greatest note here, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act will finally invest a noteworthy, substantive down payment, as, uh, as, as Schumer and Manchin are calling it, on preventing, mitigating, slowing, if at all possible, our worsening climate emergency with $369 billion to encourage the purchase of clean, battery-powered electric vehicles to block the dangerous release of methane, which is even worse for the climate in the short term than carbon dioxide, to encourage uh, the move to solar panels and heat pumps and battery storage and otherwise decrease industrial pollution of climate warming gases and much more. Yes, the measure does include an idiotic mandate that the government must make offshore and onshore oil and gas leases available. If it also approves land leases and, and right-of-ways for uh, federal lands for wind, solar, other renewable energy pro uh, projects... But that's the price we have to pay, apparently, to win over the vote of one Joe Manchin, whose family and campaign makes millions from the fossil fuel industry. But even there, those on and offshore uh, oil and gas lease sales, 
the government doesn't actually have to sell any. They just have to put them, make them available through auctions, which oil and gas companies may or may not want to purchase. Exactly. They're not going to be forced to buy them. And they may not want to buy them at this point because, A, they've already got plenty of of such land to exploit, which they're sitting on and not developing again, no matter what the Republicans keep telling to you, keep lying to you that uh, Joe Biden has made it impossible. He's 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 prevented uh, new oil and gas development. Completely not true. They are sitting on thousands and thousands, the uh, uh, big fossil fuel companies sitting on thousands and thousands of these leases that they are not even using. So that's one reason they may not want to purchase these new leases. Also, the new lease sales under this bill will also come with higher royalties that will have to be paid by those oil and gas companies to the government for any resources that are developed on them. Uh, And there will be new fees and penalties for the release of methane uh, in these operations. So, again, this Massive, if not nearly large enough, considering the circumstances, but massive investment in climate will, according to both Chuck Schumer and experts uh, that we've spoken with, uh, will likely cut carbon emissions, causing deadly climate change by some 40 percent by 2030. That comes very close to Joe Biden's promise to cut emissions in half by 2035 over uh, 2005 levels on the way to full net zero emissions by 2050. I think I got all those numbers right. Yes, very good. Thank you. Uh, And, uh, you know, if you want to buy, by the way, if you want to buy a new or used battery powered car, low and middle income consumers will now be able to get a $7,500 tax rebate uh, on uh, a new electric car. Uh, or $4,000 uh, tax credit on a used one. And that's a new thing. Used cars previously weren't a part of the tax credit rebate that was being offered directly at the point of sale. Now that's going to be available if this passes. And Yes, still a big if. But that is some of what the Inflation, Re- Inflation Reduction Act would do. Those are the top-line provisions. And it's going to be a very bumpy ride over the next week or so, I believe, to get this passed, if it gets passed, if only to make sure that there are 50 Democratic senators without COVID who can all show up and vote for it. Of course, if the GOP side, uh, if they come down with cases of COVID like John Cornyn already has and they can't show up to vote against it, well, it may be a bit easier to get this passed. But each of these things, I just, you know, I kind of wanted to break it down because if it's passed, it will be passed as uh, as a single bill uh, to all together at once. But the fact is, if each of these elements, if each of these and there are more, but if each of them had been passed as standalone bills every few months or so over the past 18 months that Biden has been in office, and don't forget, he also shepherded through a, and signed a $2 trillion infrastructure uh, bill last year. If these had been passed one after another after another, month after month, his presidency would have easily been one of the most successful in history in its first two years at this point. And I will add one of the most progressive presidencies since pretty much every one of these key provisions has been a popular progressive policy priority for years and years. And uh, they're also, by the way, just popular policies, never mind progressive. They're just popular among the American people, period. 
you know, majorities of Americans across the board want to see major corporations pay their fair share. As Bernie and Elizabeth Warren have long described it, they want to see tax cheats pay their fair share. They want to see tax loopholes for rich people closed. They want to invest in climate and clean energy. They want to make prescription drugs cheaper for the elderly and for everyone else. They want to expand Obamacare, et cetera, et cetera. So there are a lot of things that uh, are in this bill that had they been passed separately, it would have been amazing. Now, if they get passed together, it's also amazing. But we'll have to see if it happens. There is a bunch of stuff that Joe Biden and the Democrats wanted in their initial effort uh, to pass this uh, uh, bill, when it was called the Build, Build Back Better bill. They tried to offer pre-K and community free pre-K and community college for all. They tried to expand health care even further, uh, elder care, child care, child tax credits that helped lift children out of poverty during the pandemic. They tried to institute paid family leave for births and deaths and other emergencies for the first time in the nation's history, the way most civilized nations already have it. But all of that was blocked. It was killed dead in its tracks by Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. That original bill, when it was called Build Back Better, was supported by every Democrat in the House, every Democrat in the Senate, except for Manchin and Cinema, and it was opposed by every single Republican in both the House and the Senate who voted against all of this time and time again. So again, I don't know if this new skinnier iteration uh, from about $2 trillion in the original bill down to about $450 billion in spending now. I don't know whether it'll get passed or not. As I said, there's still some bumps in the road that I'm very concerned about, most of them named Kirsten Cinema at this point and or COVID. But let's be clear what this is, especially now that we're less than 100 days from the upcoming critical midterm elections in 2022, which are likely to help determine if Republicans will be able to steal the 2024 presidential election in a way that they failed to in 2020. So I'd very much love to hear your thoughts on all of this. My phone number is 818-985-5735. 818-985-5735. Will this, get, get, uh, this bill get passed? You can do predictions. Chuck Schumer uh, has said he's going to bring it up for a vote this week. Uh, will it change the outlook for Democrats in this November's elections as you see it? If not, why not? Give me a call. 818-985-KPFK. Do you support the bill personally? If not, why not? Uh, and if you do support it, or even if you don't, what else would you have liked to have seen in this bill? And do you believe, as I do, that this will be a major accomplishment for Biden and the Democrats, if it's passed in anywhere near the form that I just detailed? Or will it be seen as too little, too late for voters to care about in the November elections for or too late for America as a whole? Actually, for the planet as a whole, specifically uh, for our ever deepening and ever quickening climate crisis. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back with your calls. I'd love to hear from you. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is The Bradcast. (laughs) 
What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter, and we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. We're out of time. The planet is out of time. Uh, Democrats may be out of time, too, uh, to get this uh, bill passed. The Inflation Reduction Act. Do you like the fact that we renamed it Joe Manchin? 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. Taking your thoughts on that or anything else that's on your uh, mind this afternoon. Let's go to John in Sun Valley. Hey, John, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad. I don't call that the inflation reduction plan. I call that the build back lesser bill. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, it's just a bunch of marketing uh, stuff that's put on the American citizens. No, it is um, not. No, it is not. What do you mean by that? <laughs> okay, gotcha. Uh, anyway, I, the, uh, the compromise that uh, Senator Schumer did with the right wing. Uh, whether it's Mansion or McConnell, it doesn't much matter. Uh, it, it was with Mansion, uh, but yeah, it's something that doesn't uh, impress me, and I would rather uh, wait till uh, the situation is better for negotiation after the <laughs> midterm elections. Put a lot more Democrats in the in the seats. Okay, uh, and so let me ask you, John. John, let me ask you about that. So, if you wait till after the uh, midterm elections. And the Democrats lose one or both chambers of the House, how uh, of the uh, Congress, how in the hell will any of this get passed under Joe Biden under uh, a Reconciliation Act in a way that is sounds like like you're assuming that they'll lose. I don't know if they're going to lose. I think it would be insane to take these progressive policies and say, well, let's see if we can get something well, better after the yeah, election. Yeah. Here's an idea. Yeah, well, John, John, thing. hang on, John. If you would like to see it improved after the midterm elections, great. Why not pass it now and improve it after the elections when there's more Democrats to, to be able to do that? We don't have to rely on the uh, votes of Joe Manchin. How is it? How easy is it to improve upon at later on? How how is it? How easy is it to revisit? Well, it will be easier to improve it than it would be to not do anything now and hope for maybe something better in the future. John, I got to go, but you said that it was. Yeah. What did you call it? Uh, a commercial. Build back lesser. Build back lesser, which is kind of clever. Congratulations there. But you also said... Thank you very much, sir. No, no, I I liked it. But then you said it was uh, a bunch of commercial nonsense that didn't mean anything or something like that. What is it you don't like about it? Look, uh, the the left wing has been compromising with the right wing in this country for so long. That's why this country has become a right wing, dominated, controlled, minority controlled country. So what don't Uh, you like about the bill, John? 
too much uh, too much fossil fuel and uh, not enough yeah. uh, not enough the original build back better. Yeah. What, what do you miss from What do you miss from the original build back better, John? Oh, please. You know, I I can't read all this stuff. Maybe you have all. Do you read any of the stuff, things. John? I think we but, talked to you a couple of weeks ago. I asked you similar I, questions, you know, and you were unable to describe what it was. Uh, yeah, I know. It's tough. Life's yeah, tough, John. You know, some of us work, and you're working and doing your thing, sir. Thank you for doing your thing. I don't have as much time to, to operate on this as you. No, you don't. I'm just listening yeah. to the radio. I know. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not perfect. It's okay. Sir. No, it's okay. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm trying to help you out, help you understand. Oh, he hung up on himself. That's okay. I'm trying to help you understand what it is that is in this bill and why it matters and why cutting carbon emissions 40 percent by 30 uh, uh by by 2030 is huge if it actually happens if this thing passes even as we're watching across the country and across the planet meltdowns fires floods 35 killed in just the past couple of days in kentucky uh two people by the way found in a burnt out car over the past 24 hours here in California as they were trying to escape a wildfire. This is not a game. This is not a game. And I know it's fashionable to say, oh, we should do better. Uh, Democrats uh, compromise too much with Republicans. Guess what? Democrats do compromise too much with Republicans. In this case, they don't need any Republican votes. It's a uh, they're passing it under a special reconciliation rule, which allows them to pass it with a simple majority, which means Democrats have a simple majority, even in a 50 50 House, because they occupy the White House, which means that uh, Kamala Harris is the vice president, is the president of the Senate. That gives them 51 votes. They don't need any Republicans at all. But. They need all the Democrats, at least in the U.S. Senate, which means they have to compromise with Joe Manchin a little bit, which is what they've done in exchange. Well, I just ran through all the things that uh, we will get in exchange for that compromise. That you will get, John, for that compromise. Now, if you don't want it, well... I guess you don't have any concerns about out-of-pocket expenses for, uh, for, for your uh, prescription drugs. I guess you have no concern about the climate crisis at all. I guess you're happy to see major corporations making more than a billion dollars a year uh, <laughs> uh, paying zero in taxes while you're paying through the nose. I don't get it. Maybe that's just me. 818-985-KPFK. 818-985-5735. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more of your calls right after this. I'm Brad. This is the Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the broadcast. But we need your help to do it, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today. That's bradblog.com donate, and thanks.
Welcome back. This is the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Uh, get to your calls in a moment, 818-985-5735. As noted uh, previously, there are, and as discussed with John there, uh, there are parts of this bill that do tie the development of domestic renewable energy sources to the expansion of leasing for fossil fuel extraction on public lands and waters. Uh, Brett Hartle, the uh, government affairs director at the Center for Biological Diversity, said in a statement, quote, this is a climate suicide pact. The new leasing required in this bill will fan the flames of the climate disasters torching our country. And it's a slap in the face to the communities fighting to protect themselves from filthy fossil fuels. But most of the scientists and environmental groups that I have seen or spoken to so far are throwing their support behind this measure anyway, arguing that the good far outweighs the bad, including UC Santa Barbara climate policy expert Dr. Leah Stokes. We spoke with her on this show uh, about a week and a half or so ago. She had this to say on MSNBC last week in response to those concerns from the Center for Biological Diversity. Look, it's not the bill that I would have written. It's a compromise. We have to get 50 senators to vote for this thing. And we have to be clear-eyed. We can't miss the forest for the trees here because literally the forest will burn down if we do. What we're talking about here is optional lease sales that companies could choose to buy into. And there are also going to be royalty increases alongside those lease sales. So it's possible that we'll get fewer companies wanting to actually do those leases. And as we get more people buying electric vehicles and using heat pumps, that demand for oil and gas, it's going to fall. So it's not ideal, it's not perfect, but what we're talking about here is a really small emissions penalty and payment compared to huge pollution cuts on the other and side of the ledge. So, uh, you know, sure, uh, as, as John noted, uh, Dems have been compromising for years way too much with Republicans. I agree. Also, I would note uh, Democrats and progressives too often are not able to take yes for an answer. So, yes to three hundred and sixty nine billion dollars in spending to uh, mitigate against climate change, to get rid of fossil fuels, to move us to clean, renewable energy? Yes. I don't know why that's so difficult. 818-985-KPFK. Let's go to uh, Mike in L.A. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad. Just to give an idea of where I come from, I was a member of the Sierra Club from 1962 to present. Thank you, so sir. I'm sort of an environmental nut. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just uh, contacted all my congressional representatives and told them that as long as Public Citizen continues to support the bill, I am for it. Uh, by the way, you noted the two people who were dead in their burned-out car in yeah. Northern California. Yeah. What may very well have happened to them is that the smoke was just too thick for them to be able to start their car. Mm. This happened to a news crew from L.A. up in the San Bernardinos a few years ago mm. with uh, Chuck Henry on board. Mm. Uh, the smoke was just so bad that the yeah. internal combustion engine couldn't handle it. Mm. So if they'd had an electric car, uh, no such problem. <laughs> there you go. Well, if they had an electric car, if everybody had an electric car, we probably wouldn't have quite as many of these uh, horrific, deadly wildfires. Anyway, all good points, Mike. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. 
888-985-KPFK. Let's go to Margo. Wait a minute. Do I have that? There we go. Uh, Margo in East L.A. Hey, Margo. Welcome to the broadcast. Well, hello there, Brad. So glad that you're taking calls. And here's a suggestion about your primary election announcements. If it's permitted, I would please, instead of just saying the names of the Republican candidates, also say the names of the Democrats, progressives, etc., candidates, especially those who are really popular, are really popular. And then the primaries are really important, and so it might be good to emphasize that instead of just worrying about raising money, the candidates and volunteers should be getting out and meeting in person with every potential voter to tell them what good things they will do for them when they get elected, such as passing the revised Biden bill, because the Dems have got to get really tough so that it's okay for them to keep saying that all the Republicans voted against all the good things. So I appreciate your emphasizing that point, that it's important to say, we will do this, we will do the good things. And so thank you so much again for letting us all the chance to speak up. Thank you, Marco. I appreciate that call, and I think you make uh, good points all around uh, in this case. And I I usually do try to uh, go out of my way to explain who uh, such and such candidate, whether it's a Republican, who they're running against on the Democratic side. If it's a Democrat, we're talking about who they're running against on the Republican side. In this case, uh, we had six states. We had a whole bunch of news, and there was actually very little that I could do other than sort of preview Uh, what was going to be on the ballot. I suspect when we cover the results on Wednesday, I will be able to give you a better idea of who won on each side, who they'll be running against, et cetera. Uh, Really, this was just a a way to give you a preview of what we're going to be looking at in, uh, in the coming week in six different states. So there's a ton of races. Uh, but I wanted to let you know what they were um, and and that they were coming and sort of a framing for this entire thing. Because one of the reasons that I've been trying, one of the things I've been trying to point out here is just how important these elections are. The November elections, the uh, general elections, because right now. Uh, What happens in 2022 is going to affect what happens in 2024. You're going to have state legislatures who very well, based on whatever the uh, U.S. Supreme Court decides in this upcoming Moore v. Harper case, you're going to have state legislatures who may simply be able to decide, well, yes, Joe Biden won this state, the state of Arizona, the state of Pennsylvania, the state of Georgia, or whoever is the Democratic candidate. Yeah, they won. That's who the voters wanted. But guess what? Uh, The Constitution gives us the right to name any slate of electors that we want, whether it's for Donald Trump, whether it's for Ron DeSantis. We don't have to listen to the voters. And the U.S. Supreme Court has said so. The U.S. Supreme Court has said that that's what the Constitution says. That's what this case, Moore v. Harper, coming up in October. Write it down. I keep trying to warn you about this one. As I say, we don't do predictions, but we do do warnings. And I have issued a great big warning, a red flash siren warning for Moore v. Harper. So what happens here in uh, November makes a difference. If you want to get out there and push for more progressive Democrats in these primaries, go for it. I'm all for it. Sounds good to me in the primary elections. Um, But come November, uh, democracy itself will be on the line in 
these these general elections, as far as I'm concerned, moving forward to 2024. And and regarding some of the shenanigans that Republicans in some of these uh, states have already promised that they're going yes. to look skeptically at any results, even the ones that they win themselves. So I think we're going to see a preview this week, potentially, of what the general election in November might be like, whether or not these uh, Republican-controlled states and sometimes Republican-controlled counties within uh, these swing states, whether or not they're going to certify even their primary elections. You have have a Republican running in Arizona, that guy I mentioned, Mark Fincham, <clears throat> who uh, says he would not. He's running for a secretary of state. He says he would not have certified the election in 2020. You've got a bunch of Republicans in Arizona running for governor. There's currently there's a Republican governor in uh, in Arizona he's termed out. He's going to be leaving. He's going to be replaced in in 2020. That Republican governor, Doug Ducey, did the right thing and certified that election that Joe Biden won by about 12,000 votes in Arizona. Now, there are going to be Repub- there is almost certainly going to be a Republican on the ballot running for governor in Arizona and running for secretary of state in Arizona who already said they would not have certified the 2020 election for Joe Biden, even though every single uh, recount, every examination, every post-election audit found that, yes, in fact, Joe Biden did win in 2020. This is serious stuff, people. This is serious stuff. And that's why we cover it in such a serious way and even make number two jokes every now and again. Yes, Desi, I got to get <laughs> well, out. I just you wanted to add yes? really, really quickly that regarding the Mansion Schumer Inflation Reduction Act, that yes, there are lots of uh, giveaways to fossil fuels, but once underway, if it passes, it will very likely accelerate the rate of change. So all of these things might not actually come to pass, but they might move the transition faster. That's our producer, Desi Doyen. Thank you very much, Desi Doyen. Thanks to my board op today, Gary Baca, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download them all for free anytime at bradblog.com. Drop me an email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. I will see you there. Till we see you here next time, hopefully tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Ooh.